good. Thanks. Thanks, Niall. So you can come and have a lot of fun. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to um, to uh, Psalm 19. The folks at home or here, uh, we're going to go to Psalm 19, stay there for a little bit and, and uh, digest God's Word today. Do you remember Tom Hanks and his movie um, Cast Away? Great movie, wasn't it? It was, um, it was during that time, I remember doing a Bible study and, and um, a lot of friends and people that I had talked to was asking the question, if you were stranded on a desert island and was able to take one book with you, um, what book would you choose? And I opted a little bit and said, what five books would you choose? Because I thought it would be cool to take more than one book. <laughs> the answers were amazing in that little Bible study of about 14 people. People said they'd bring all of C.S. Lewis's books, you know, the Chronicles of Nardia. And then somebody said they'd bring all of the books of um, J.R.R. Tolkien, you know, the Lord of the Rings series and all that stuff. Um, people, the surprising things were people said they'd bring uh, People magazine and keep their, script, their subscription alive. I don't know how they were going to get it, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Others said they would take their own scrapbook that they made. Uh, and then a couple people, which was really surprising, said they would take their high school yearbook. Yeah, I thought the same thing, no. <laughs> but it was a Bible study, so the big Bible, the big book, or the first book was always the Bible, except for one person, Don. Don was um, a unique fellow in his own right. Uh, he, was a, he was a carpenter, a plumber, a uh, handyman. He didn't hold down a job, but he would do anything that you wanted done. I knew Don for many, many years, and we were in Bible studies together many, many years. And uh, basically, winter and spring, fall and summer, it didn't matter. He wore a T-shirt, sometimes hot shorts. Is that what they're called? Hot pants? You know, they didn't cover very much. <laughs> and um, sandals. Don was unique in his own realm. <laughs> He was stuck in the 60s, and um, I suppose he was in his mid-50s when we, we were doing this. And, and uh, he was always um, unique in his answers. So he we came around to him about what he was going to take, and he said, well, I would just take one book. And, of course, we all thought he was meaning he would take the Bible because he was a very good student of God's Word. I mean, he never missed Bible studies, and we did Bible study after Bible study. And <laughs> we even did uh, Henry Nowen Bible studies together, which Phyllis Ann, if you know, she loves Henry Nowen Bible studies. You have to read him like ten times. That's one sentence to get what he's saying, you know. But uh, Don was very good, um, and he said, I would bring, this is what I would bring. He said, I would bring the time, life, do-it-yourself guide to shipbuilding. <laughs> Isn't that unique? Yeah, That's who Donnie was. He was like that, and it's still like that. He's just a great guy. Still wearing shorts. He always looked like he had a three-day growth of, of beard. I don't understand how that happened. 
but you could see them three or four times a week and it looked like it had been growing for three weeks or three days, you know, and everything like that. He was um, original, that's for sure. Um, when we're talking about the most important book in the world, you know we're talking about God's Word. Still the number one seller in the world. It's not going down, won't go down. The trouble of it is, is we buy those Bibles and then we set them aside and let them collect a lot of dust. We don't read them. Um, I have been probably faithful to reading God's Word every day. Can't say every day, but 99.9 days uh, these past 40 years. Um, when I had, when I knew I was going to prison, uh, the only thing I took was a change of one change of clothes and a Bible that Phyllis Ann gave me, and Phyllis Ann and Don and Lois gave me a Bible, and I took that uh, to um, prison with me. And I remember that Marine sergeant looking at me and chuckling, said, "You better read that boy." <laughs> so I did, and I've read it ever since. And um, for all those years, it has challenged me and motivated me and inspired me to do and be who I am today, along with your help and the Holy Spirit's grace, you know, in our lives and how he takes care of us. It's a, it's a unique book written over that, that um, uh, 2,000 years by 40 different authors, male and female, and trained and not trained and God blessed and God ordained. Um, the great thing about it, of course, as far as we as Christians are concerned, that the Bible is more than just a book of great literature. It's that book that has the power to change lives. Amen? Has the power to change lives. It's a book has, whose sole message is not to be just read, but to be lived out. And that's our goal today as we think about this. The best advice I can give you that would mean the most, I think, if you're not reading God's Word, start. Put it in your heart and your relationship with Him will change immensely. I would encourage you to do that, especially today. We need it every day of our lives, past, present, and definitely the future. Amen? And it will guide us and direct us. And we're going to see that today in Psalm 19. Let's, let's read, let me read it with you and, and we'll go. Um, six times in Psalm 19. Um, the psalmist in Psalm 19 takes the first six verses and says, God's glory is in, in nature. And then he comes that God's power is in his word. And six times he, he calls the word something different. Uh, you'll see him here. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. That's one. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Two. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Three. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Number four. Number five is the fear of the Lord is clean. Enduring forever. And here's the last one. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine golds. Sweeter also than honey, and even better than the drippings of the honeycomb. 
Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. We need to hear that. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern our arrows, his arrows? Declare me innocent from my hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins, you know, habits. Habits. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgressions. Now listen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. My friends, this is the word of God for all people. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word today that um, is powerful, more powerful than we can ever imagine. We pray that you'd open our hearts to hear your word. As we've been listening to it in our prayers and our singing, help us also to listen to it now, Lord. Listen to it so much that it touches our heart and causes it to stir. Hmm. Hmm. And I pray that the words of your servant will be nothing more than your words today. We pray this in your son's name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. So today I want to look at Psalm 19 here a little bit and show you just four of the six there uh, ways that we can benefit from reading his word. So the first one is um, that we need to understand that the Bible is the source of our spiritual renewal. This is what's going to give us the power to change in our lives. When we see that the source of our life is um, the Bible that causes us in verse 7, the Lord, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. There's a great example of that in the Old Testament. You know, Nehemiah finds out that the walls of Jerusalem are torn down. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't understand what to do. So he does the greatest thing he can do. He gets on his knees and he weeps before God and says, God, what do you want me to do about this? And God comes back to him with word. He says, I want you to rebuild those walls. And he rebuilt the walls, and then the people realized that not only were the walls torn down, but their hearts were torn down, and they weren't close to God at all. And they said to to Nehemiah, we need to hear God's word. So Nehemiah, Nehemiah took out a scroll, several of them, I imagine, that day, and he read all day. Read all that morning, all into the afternoon, read that scripture that these people, and their hearts were changed. And their lives were changed, and that's where the revival comes from. The, um, the very act of, of um, renewal in our lives comes because we get into God's word. Now, I don't know about you, but we're not far off from Nehemiah. The walls are torn down in the United States. They're broken down. We're, we're in a heck of a state, aren't we? <laughs> we have fallen into uh, the very thing that Jerusalem was at that time, disrepair. We have fallen there and we don't, our country and as individuals, as our country as a whole and as individuals, we are broken. And we need renewal, my friends. The only way that renewal comes is not by looking at other things, you know what I mean? Um, other issues, you know, we look at it through um, politicians, we look at it through jobs we look at it we'll get renewed if we can just get this job you know if i can just get this girl we'll get it'll be great amen then 63 years later it's still fantastic (laughs) i'm telling you i love it um 
it's not in, in what we do that gets renewal in our lives. It's what God has done, is doing, and will do. And the only way we know about what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do is getting into his word. The Bible gives us that spiritual renewal that we want. It affects, it will affect our, it will, if we would go back to God's word. Are you hearing that nation? Are you hearing that family and friends right here? If we go back to God's word, things would change. Things would change. Our relationships with our families would change. Our relationships with the politicians would change. Our relationships with everybody would change. Because we're learning to be not Christians, but disciples that love and care for um, our neighbors and our friends and people all around us. And that's contagious. That's the renewal we need. Everybody keeps saying we need revival. And I say, no, we need renewal. We need to know who Christ is in our lives. We need, and the only way we, need to, uh, we find that out is by be getting close to him. And we do that in his word. The Bible, the Bible, my friends, first of all, is the source of renewal in our lives. That's one way it'll, it'll benefit you reading it. Another way to recognize that the Bible is a source is by um, number two, practical wisdom. Spiritual renewal we need, but we also need practical wisdom. Um, and also in verse 7 it says, The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, huh. making wise the simple. I like what Hoover, Herbert Hoover said about about them having wisdom. He said, wisdom is having the knowledge of what to do next. We don't know what to do next. Most of our problem is on the other side. Um, we're usually looking back at our problems and saying, how can we get out of that mess? And we're looking forward um, to see how can we get out of that mess before it even happens. And and it's hard to decide. Sometimes, sometimes, um, uh, it's like that shipbuilding book, you know. How would you know to take that? Maybe you need how to how to make a plane or something. You know what I mean? It, it, it's not so much what book you take; it's what you take it for. The Bible is going to give us the wisdom that we seek, because um, we don't always make the right and wrong choices, do we? We don't always make the right, the best, or the better choice. We need God's word with it. Um, the Bible is full of his, the wisdom that we're, we're searching for, isn't it? You know, it's um, the book where if we're par- parenting, we need to read what to do with kids. That's where we get it from the Bible. I know the psychologist and, and what's that guy's name that did all the books? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they're good. The <laughs> Bible tells us about our finances and how to do with them, our friendships, our health. Our business that tells us what kind of sex we should be involved in, um, what our marriage should be about, our spirituality and the success and on and on, whatever's going on in your life, the Bible has the answer for it. It covers all the areas of, the, of, um, of our lives. I think that's why David said the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving, giving light to our eyes. The Bible, I think, is where we need to find our practical re- uh, wisdom and quit looking at other places. Let me give you a third one spiritual renewal, practical wisdom, and then there's confident living. In verse 9, the ordinance of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. I don't know about you, but when I, re- when I said this and was reading it and, and going through it and everything, uh, I think confident living is, is part of our major problem today. 
Because I, I don't think that there's too many of us that have a confident um, out, outlook about tomorrow, about tomorrow. The uncertainties of tomorrow, the struggles of life, you know. I, re- I remember, oh, story. I remember um, uh, doing a Bible stump some one time and was talking to everybody and, and um, the question came up to me. If you could ask God uh, a question, what would it be? And, and I said, well, at that time, abortion was going pretty crazy as it is now. I said, I would ask God this question. Why was it so hard for, for birth and kids to come into this world and then even more difficult for the old people to leave? Isn't it strange? We, we kill people before they're born, and then once they're born, we make them suffer until they can't suffer anymore. I just don't understand that, why that happens. <laughs> no, they were different about it. They said that they wanted to know if they were on the right track. Um, they wanted to know if God was satisfied with them. They wanted to know, um, truly, the big question was, am I going to heaven? Hmm. That's a good question to ponder. And then we need wisdom on, on that. But I want to tell you, we don't have to wonder about those things. The good news is God has told us told us about this. Uh, John especially. John says, I write these things to you who believe in the name, the name of the Son of God so that you may know. Gnosko. Gnosko is the word. Gnosko in that Koinonia Greek. That you know that you know. It's not you know about Jesus. You know him as your Savior and your Lord. That's how we know whether we're where we should be with God or not. All who come up on, uh, Paul said, all who come upon the name, of, call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then he says in, uh, in, in verse 10, verse 9, he says, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. It takes all doubt out of your mind. All you have to do is say, I believe, Lord, I trust, and I'm going to live my life the rest of the way. We can have confidence because of our relationship with God. And I, and I want to share with you, the only way that comes about is not begin going out and doing worldly things. It's, it's about being in touch with God, building that relationship with him. In other words, getting into the book that he wrote about his relationship with us. Mm. The purpose, I think, of Scripture is to transform lives and gives us a certainty about tomorrow. Amen. Let me give you one last one real quick. Spiritual renewal, practical wisdom, confident living, and um, daily guidance. I think daily guidance is so important. Uh, David knew how important that was. That's why I think he wrote down in verse 11 that by your word, your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is such great reward. That means that you and I can't make any decisions. We shouldn't make any decisions without counsel, without going to God's word, without listening to the Holy Spirit, and without hearing what God says to us through our friends. Um, it's, not, it's not a magical thing um, that we get told and shared what we're supposed to do. I think it's a miraculous. It's not magical. God speaks to us through his word. He did it on purpose. Everything that we see and do uh, hanging around on his word is, is there. The Bible has the power. If you don't know it, the Bible is where the power lies that changes our lives. 
Amen? Are you all with me or are you still asleep? <laughs> I think the Bible will help us establish and maintain, establish and maintain our lifelong, life-changing connection with Jesus Christ. I am not the same person today I was 40 years ago in that prison cell, 50 years ago in that prison cell. Amen? I'm not the same person. I'm not the same person that 40 years ago said, okay, Lord, I don't know what you have in mind for me and Phyllis Ann, but we'll do it. And praise God, he brought us here. Amen? I love it. I love being here with you folks. So the question is, is how do we begin this? How do we do it? How do we, how do we find this? And I want to give you this Greek word, lecto divina. We study God's word. That's all that is, is studying God's word. I would suggest to you to read the Gospel of John. Um, and, and John's Gospel, uh, and even his epistles, 1, 2, and 3. But John's Gospel is nothing but a conversation that we're having. He has this great and dynamic way of saying, uh, answering your questions as you go along. I'll never forget the first time that uh, I was reading John um, long before I went to, the, to college and seminary. And I, I started screaming at Phyllis and she was downstairs. I said, get up here. I got something I got to tell you. <laughs> and she came up and I was reading John chapter 1. And I said, do you know who he's talking about here? And of course she did. But, but I didn't. And all of a sudden it was revealed to me we were talking about Jesus Christ. Then our cane, Hologos. I thought, oh my, I knew that. Gosh. In the beginning was the word, in case you didn't get that coin in the Greek there. In the beginning was the word, and he was Jesus. Amen? Since then, that's been crazy. I, I read that over and over, you know, and that's what lecto novena means. Don't read it. Don't read it. Yeah, I, I read the Bible. I, I, have, I think I've told you this. Jerry would be back there raising his hand. Yes, you've told us this story before. <laughs> but, but I had this friend of mine every year he came to me in December just after Christmas and says well I'm going to read the whole Bible this year and I would say to him every year without even thinking well that's good but did you get anything out of it no but I read it Lecto Divina says don't read it Lecto Divina means consume it consume it read a few verses a few chapters whatever's on your heart Read the passage over and over in different versions. Let the passage challenge you, you know. Um, it, it, perhaps there's a promise in there. Perhaps it's about a, uh, an issue you're dealing with of sin. Uh, maybe it's giving you an example of the way you should walk in your life. And, um, and John is good at that. You know what else is another book that's good with that? That practical Christianity book, How to Live Your Life as a Christian, James. That would be a good book to read. Start there. Don't start in Deuteronomy. You know, you read Deuteronomy, Numbers, Ecclesiastes, and you say, oh, Lord. Read something that's going to touch your heart, I think. And that's, uh, you'll get to those chapters and those books as you grow in your relationship and want to know more about what they mean. I believe as you meditate on those scriptures that consume it in your heart and in your lives, God will speak to us. God will speak to us and we'll experience the benefits of reading his word. I think we'll grow spiritually. We'll develop wisdom beyond our understanding. We'll experience joy and we'll receive exceedingly, exceedingly daily guidance. 
I think the end result of reading God's word, get this, is it will change our lives, even for the better than where we are now. Amen? Amen. Let's go, to, let's go to prayer together. God, that's a great challenge you put before us this morning. To know that the source of all that we need is not things of this world, but your word. Help us to respond to it today and make that covenant, make that commitment, make that the desire of our hearts every day to come into your presence. To read your word and hear you speak to us. To behold your beauty. Lord, our prayer is that we would live that out not just for ourselves, but for our families, our friends, the people we don't like, that they would see us change and want to have that change too. And one day, one day, we would see that change around us so much because of your grace, Lord, your grace alone. Help us to make that commitment. Help us decide that today. And then help us to live it out. We'll need all your strength to do it. We pray it in Christ's name today. Amen. Amen. Good.